Support for the Quite Unusual Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for the man in your life, the Performance Package. Help him join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code QUITEUNUSUAL at manscaped.com. Manscaped has everything you need to get your sweaty, hairy balls gross and bush under control. It's not just for men, it's for everyone. It's time to take care of the hairy people in your life. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code QUITEUNUSUAL. That's right, 20% off and free shipping if you use the code QUITEUNUSUAL at manscaped.com. Get those hairy balls and bush under control with Manscaped. Whoa, how how did you do that? I don't know, it just came out of me. It was amazing. Quite Unusual. Hello and welcome. Hello <laughs> to the quite unusual podcast. I'm Nicole and I'm Noelle and I was just singing along to our intro, but instead of with the do do do, I was saying Bill 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 because Bill is the name of Noelle's cat. That's my girl and she's the best. Killian William Marie. She's sitting on my lap right now. Oh, kill Bill. Look at her. What a good girl. Oh, oh. I have I have something that we we need to talk about. Oh, this seems important. You just Something. put your hands on your hips like it's really important. I, <laughs> I am participating and you are also participating in smutty fantasy book fall. Oh, fuck yeah, we are. So if anyone doesn't know what that is, if you don't know what a smut fantasy book is. It's like when dragons fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fantasy book with fucking. Yeah. It's like, it's good. Like when dragons fucking shit. Well, no. So we both just read fourth wing and the dragons fucked in it the dragon yeah that's like that's like smut adjacent though that's like fucking adjacent true like the people do it too but it was so good and we're both obsessed with it it was one of the best books i've ever read and you if you guys listen to this podcast you know we're both twilight and harry potter nerds oh yeah and if that's you also you like those things twi hard shall we die hard read fourth wing because it's it might be just as good. Like I got that same little tingling you know what? in my heart when I read that one. It 100% gave me the same feelings that I got right? when I was a ch- like a teenager reading Twilight. Remember you would get the book at like Barnes and Noble like the mm. day it came out and then you would stay up and read it all night You'd and wait in line for and like, like midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how. Yeah. So the I I listened to the audiobook. The audiobook is so good. It's amazing. The narrator oh, is so good. Chef kiss. And the book is 20 hours long, yes. audiobook style, but I finished it in two days because it's that good. And Jade also agrees Jade's, with me. Jade is screaming. You guys, I just need all of you to know that I was just on a meeting and I was saying thank you at the end of the meeting. So I took my thing off the microphone, like unmuted myself, and I said thank you. And Jade immediately said, she also said thank you. It's just so hey, polite. She did it again. I raised but, my children to be polite. But so now we're on to a court of thorns and roses. And I don't know. We're both not really into it. It's not good. It's not very good. 
So I don't, I don't know. like it. I've heard the first book sucks though, and the second book's really good. I'm so gonna I don't know. power we'll through. But if anyone has any uh, fantasy smut book recommendations, smut it up. It's smutty fantasy book fall. It sure, ladies is. and smut, gentlemen, smut timber, <laughs> smut timber. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, also, we are going to kick off our book club. It's on. It's going to be on the Patreon. Mm. So more on that to come. It's not going to be a smutty fantasy book, though, because I don't think everyone's into that. No, we probably won't. We'll do side racks, but like the yeah. main books won't be. It'll be like for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Less smut. Less smut. Pro- probably. Yeah, we know that's not everyone's thing. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yes. So uh, stay tuned for more information on that. And also, I would like to do... Just a little uh, little teaser here, a little housekeeping teaser. Oh, yeah. We are having a Halloween live special on YouTube on October 10th. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. With the world's <gasps> greatest mind reader. That's the blue one. Dang it. I meant this one. No, you didn't. You meant that one. No, I meant I didn't want that either. Which one? I'm going to say it again. Yeah, do it. We are having a Halloween YouTube live special with the world's greatest Greatest. mind reader, Joe Diamond. Joe Diamond. He's going to come and read our brain parts. He's going to mind freak you guys. It's going to be crazy. He's good. We've been to one of his things and he mind freaked the fuck out of me. So that's how he did. He did mind freak you. (laughs) You know, I freaked me good. So put that on your calendars. It's going to be Tuesday, October 10th mm. in the PM time. For everyone, not just patrons. It'll just be on YouTube. So yes. if you guys want to get your uh, minds freaked. Uh, and we know you do. And we think that's something that you'd like. You should show up. What time is it? 7? 7? 7 8. p.m. Central. I think. I think it's 8 We PM. will post it to be <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're really good at organizing Hello. things and promoting ourselves if you haven't already guessed. Yes. So send us your smut recommendations. Show up for the world's greatest mind reader. 1010. Can't miss it. Yeah. And I think he actually might be even trying. Like, I know he's going to try to read our minds, but he might say, take some callers. So if you're in the audience... There will be audience participation. Your mind can get freaked. You're gonna like, get actually freaked. You little freaks. Little freaks getting your mind freaked. Oh, yeah. You'd like that, wouldn't you, you little freaks? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Should we, speaking of freaky, should we talk about today's topic? Yeah, I think we should. Okay. So, I was really struggling to get something <laughs> out. You pivoted like three times on this topic. This is the three that I told you about. There were more? There were five of them. I had I started five scripts. <laughs> Wait, I only see three though in here. And finished one. It's because I wrote over two of them. Okay. All right. So this is what we ended up with, people. My brain, she wasn't braining very hard. <laughs> so I would like for everyone to think of this week's episode as sort of a clip show, if you will. Okay. You know, like when sitcoms run out of things to do, so they just do a clip show where they all have it's memories. like the filler episode. <laughs> That's what this is. Or like uh, on reality shows when they're like, a look back at the season. That's what this is. That is 100% what this yeah. is. But instead of looking back on the season, um, we're going to be looking underneath mattresses. Ooh, okay. That's yes. interesting. So while I was procrastinating writing a script, as <laughs> one does. Five times. Hey, 
correct. I, I had I two weeks it, to write something, and I finished it this morning. I thought it was three, but you just outed yourself for five. So. Well, that's five great ideas that might come to fruition one day. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm mind freaking you right now. She is. That's right. I'll freak you up. This, this, and actually, this entire episode isn't an episode. It's just a mind freak. It's all simulation. Hey, that's <laughs> next week's. You ass. <laughs> Okay. Well, when I was procrastinating uh, times five, technically four. Oh, this was the fifth one? This was the fifth one. Okay, then we'll say four. Thank you. We'll give you that. I started watching uh, an American Horror Story episode from the Hotel series. Mm, Yeah, with Lady The second episode, for some reason, skipped the first one. I was like, I don't want to watch that. Oh, that's, that's, that's normal. One. That's what people do. I've seen it before. <laughs> oh, okay. I've seen it before. Okay. And I was like, I need to put something on that I'm going to not pay that much attention to. Right. But it's like in the background. I've seen it. I don't really care about it. Uh, okay. Just going to put it on. Right. Yeah. So it was the hotel one. And there's that part where there's a human being sewn into the mm, mattress. Yeah, that part's really creepy. I remember that. So at two in the morning, I'm Googling how many bodies are found inside hotel mattresses per year. Normal, completely normal thing for someone to be Googling at two in the morning. I mean, I have an insatiable need to be on yet another government watch list, I guess. Right. I guess. The answer I found to this question is zero. It's exactly zero. But the answer, it's the episode over. We're done. Hmm. But no one is sewn into a mattress. Like, no one's body's, like, inside the mattress. Couldn't find anything on the internet. I don't know. Maybe it exists somewhere. Couldn't find it, right? Mm-hmm. But... What I did find is that there are a shit ton of human bodies that are found underneath mattresses. Like in hotel rooms? Yes. Is like that a- why they put like I like the pieces of wood around the bottom now so you can't get under? Yes, that is exactly why. I always thought it was so like you don't lose a sock or something. Also that though. <laughs> Damn it. Because okay. what's more valuable than a human life? A sock. A single sock. Do you know when you don't have like matching socks? I never have any. That is the plague of our house. Where do they go? It's the curse of the gnome home. It is. They take their penance and it's gotta, their rations. You gotta pay the gnome tolls with your socks, with a sock for Just sure. One, yeah. So since we are called quite unusual, and I'm in like this weird body fact era of my life. Okay. Oh man, we're gonna talk about an episode where people were drinking human bodies. What? Oh, it's gonna get fucking weird later. When in I, this episode? No, 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 no. Okay. In another one. That's one of the five scripts that I, four scripts that I started and didn't finish. Human drinking human bodies. Okay. Eating human bodies. It's going to okay. be so much fun, but not in like a cannibal way. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, going back to it. We're going to talk about all the fun little stories and little legends and little true things I found on the interweb about human bodies, dead bodies, being found under mattresses. Okay. There's a lot of them. Yes. This happens often. Cool. Quite often. Quite. Quite. Have you ever heard of this being a thing? I mean, I don't necessarily think like humans underneath mattresses. Or like under beds, like dead bodies under a bed. I mean, it's like, is it what is it a thing? Like, it's just, I mean, I've heard of people like getting murdered and being stuffed like under the bed. Yeah. But like that. Like, I don't know. I never really thought about. Hotels, I don't think I've ever really like. Like, you know, when you go in the bathroom and you, like, open the shower curtain to make Super sure there's fast. nobody there? I'm, like, I don't go to a hotel room and, like, look under the bed for a dead body. No. That's I'm, not something I do. I'm for sure Should doing I that be? from now on. I'm 100% doing that from now on. <laughs> okay. So we'll get to the hotel stories in a minute. But first, I would like to tell possibly the saddest story that I have found about mm. a body being found under a bed. Yeah. This, like, broke me a little bit. Yeah. 
This is a story of eight-year-old Maddie Clifton and her neighbor boy murderer, 14-year-old Josh Phillips. Josh Phillips was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania in March of 1984. His dad was a raging alcoholic and drug addict, and he was known to beat him and his mom, Melissa. He was also a huge misogynist, and he forbade his son and stepsons from playing with girls. Josh had two half-brothers, but his dad hated them, and they actually were treated worse than Josh was. The couple moved with Josh to Jacksonville, Florida, and the dad, who's called Steve, refused to allow the stepbrothers to move with them. Where did, so they just stayed with the mom? They, I mean, the mom, so it was Melissa, Steve, and Josh, who was both of their child. Okay. I do not know if the stepbrothers were Steve's children or Melissa's children, Mm -hmm. but either way, Steve was like, they're not coming. Like, they're staying back with their other parent. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So he left them in Pennsylvania. They arrived in November of 1998 to Jacksonville, and Josh actually seemed like he was thriving. He was like the cool kid at school. Like, you know, when like a new kid moves in, in like the middle of the grade, mm-hmm. and you're like, who's he? And he's like kind of cute, and then you like write his name all over your notebook and shit. Yeah, 100%. That was Josh. He was living the 14-year-old's dream. He was fresh meat. He was fresh meat. He was like the cool kid at school. He was friends with all the other kids in his neighbor in his neighborhood, including eight-year-old neighbor Maddie Clifton and her older sister. Wait, so he's 14 and she's eight. She's eight. That's kind of weird. They're like neighbors. They're like across the street. I guess if she has an older sister and he hangs out with her older sister. They're then. just like all the kids would get together and play type deal. Okay. On November 3rd, 1998, Maddie went over to Josh's house to ask if he wanted to play baseball. Josh's dad, remember, hated girls. He also had a strict rule that no children were allowed in the house, especially when Josh was home alone, which he was that day. Mm -hmm. Josh said that they had to play outside, but he would play with her because his parents weren't home, and the two decided to play baseball in the backyard. Maddie was throwing the ball to Josh when he accidentally hit the ball right at Maddie's face, hitting her directly in the eye. She began to bleed and cry, of course. I also would as an adult woman. If you were bleeding from the eye? Yeah, Yeah, if someone hit me in the eye with a baseball. Right. It's pretty upsetting. She fainted and Josh panicked. Instead of running to Maddie's house or, like, the neighbor's house to get an adult or Maddie's older sister, he decided that he would have to hide her in fear of what his dad would do if he found out that this happened. Like he was afraid his dad would beat the shit out of him. So he did that little kid thing where somebody gets hurt and you're like, no, 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 you're okay. You're okay. Let's, let's hide. Yeah. To like, he didn't want to get in trouble. Exactly. Cause like no. he just hurt a child. I right. mean, it was an accident. Right. But he's trying to hide the evidence instead of like tell an adult. Mm-hmm. So Josh starts to drag Maddie's unconscious body into the house. Oh, she's unconscious? She, like, falls, like, she, like, faints. Okay. From, like, blood or whatever, right? And as he's dragging her, she wakes up. He, like, goes to, like, drag her body and, like, hide her. And she wakes up. And she's kicking and she's screaming. But she's only eight. Mm -hmm. And he's 14. So, like, he's obviously stronger than her. Yeah. So he's pulling her into the house and up to his bedroom. She wakes up while he's doing this. And once he gets her into the house... He's like, we. I gotta shut this little girl up. Like, she's gonna alert the she's neighbors. I'm stuff. gonna get in trouble. So he does 
I mean, it's ridiculous, but again, this is little kid logic, okay? He's 14, though. He's not a little kid. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about morality at the end of this, okay? So he hits her in the head with a baseball bat until she stops screaming. Okay. Okay. So now he has this unconscious eight-year-old for real. He puts her under his bed to hide her body, Mm. and his dad comes home. Because he wants to hide her from his dad because he doesn't want to get in trouble. Right. Okay. So he, like, runs out of his room. He's panicking. He runs down to, like, say hi to his dad, and he's, like, playing it cool, being like, oh, hey, dad, what's up? I'm like, nothing's going on here. Whatever. Right? And finally his dad lets him go. Like, they stop talking. And he goes back to his room, and he realizes that Maddie is still alive. So she's under his bed, knocked out, but she's still breathing. Mm, okay. So, again, he panics. Because he hurt her. Now he really hurt her. And he doesn't want to get in trouble. And his dad is home. Mm-hmm. So he takes the mattress off the bed. And he has this like little knife that I don't know where he got. He cuts Maddie's throat with the knife. Mm-hmm. And he stabs her seven times in the chest until he is sure that she is dead. I've definitely heard of this case before. There was a show on, I think, ID that was called Killer Kids. Yeah. And they this case was definitely on that show. Yeah. It's so weird when kids kill someone. I know. Right? So Maddie's family reports her missing at 5 p.m. The, sa- the same day. 5 p.m. And then the police organize a search party. Josh even joins the search party. So he's like fake looking for this little girl. Oh, God. With his parents. Yeah. And like Maddie's parents. The search party lasts for six days. On November 10th, his mom, Melissa, goes up to his room and she notices a weird wet stain coming out from under his bed. So she looks under the bed like, oh, what did he do? Spill something, right? And she sees a dead body. And yeah. she is Ugh. horrified. So she runs to the police, like physically leaves the house and runs to the police station. She's so upset to report what happened. The police go to Josh's school and they arrest him. He's taken into custody and he immediately confesses. He's like crying. He's like, I know, like I did. It's wrong. I know I did wrong. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, but I did it. And you know, he's just like letting it all out. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I feel bad for him, honestly. Uh, I don't know if I do. <laughs> I know. Josh would later be quoted as saying that he spent that entire week trying to pretend that it didn't happen. He said, quote, I was putting myself in a fantasy world that nothing had happened. That was my defense mechanism for everything when I was a kid. I never made the decision to just ignore it. I just did. Okay. Josh was 14 at the time, remember? Yeah, that's... that's- That's too old to be doing this shit. So he's tried as an adult. That I don't agree with. I also do not agree with that. I don't agree with that. His lawyer argued that Maddie's death was, quote, an act that began as an accident and deteriorated through panic that bordered on madness. I agree with that. I also agree with that. I think I don't think he intended to kill her. I think that it just happened and he was like, "Oh, what do I do?" Yeah. So their lawyer never called any witnesses. He never allowed Josh or his parents to take the stand and tell the jury what happened. Well, I think it's I don't know if I would 
Josh taking the stand. Yeah. That could be. Usually they don't. Like what? Yeah, and he's only 14. He is a child. So he's, I feel like he could have said something to yeah. make things worse. It seems like he never really asked for like the exact details from Josh. Only like he just wanted to know like the overall story is kind of the gist I was getting from so this. So he's not a very good defense lawyer. No, not even a little okay. bit. The prosecutors believed that this wasn't an accident at all. They believed that the murder was intended and it was sexually motivated. What? Apparently, while he was dragging Maddie's body into the house, because he's dragging her by her arms, yeah. her pants got pulled down and were like around her ankles. Oh, okay. So they claim that Josh had also talked about quote unquote sexual matters with both Maddie and her older sister. Mm-hmm. But like they just got that from a child also. Like that, inf- you know what I mean? Like Maddie's sister was like, yeah, he like said this. Yeah. Okay. Is it just her pants? Just her pants. Okay. Even though the autopsy did not show any sexual assault whatsoever had occurred. So Mm. I kind of, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. But I mean, if you're dragging someone and they're like a little kid with like stretchy pants or whatever, like it makes sense that they're going to, I guess, right? Yeah. Not implausible that her pants would get pulled down and dragging her. No, it's just kind of like, it makes you question some things for sure. Yeah. The prosecutors also argued that there was no blood in the yard or on the baseball bat that he claimed to have hit her with. The judge refused to allow two pieces of evidence from from being shown to the jury, which I think was a huge mistake. And I don't really understand why this was allowed to happen. The first was the prosecution showing evidence that Josh, who, again, is a 14 year old boy, had looked at porn on his computer. Okay, okay, fine. He's right? 14, like, right. obviously. But the second piece, this, I don't understand this. The second was the defense who had evidence that Josh had bilateral lesions on his frontal lobe. What does that mean? So he had a damaged prefrontal lobe, which is like what serial, serial killers get. Serial killer Like what they territory. have. And it's probably caused from blunt force trauma from, from getting his dad. beat. Okay. Right. So when you have lesions on your frontal lobe, it is always associated with panic attacks and also with impaired judgment. So like you don't think things through, you don't think clearly, you act impulsively. That's why you murder people when you have a damaged prefrontal lobe. You Because you don't think of the consequences after you murder someone. You just do it and then you go, oh shit, Yeah. now what? So in like the argument of nature versus nurture, this would be like nature because he was fine and then he got the shit kicked out of him and then like lost that part of his brain to be like oh wait this is bad yeah basically like his dad like beat his brain out of him pretty Mm -hmm. much okay also the defense attorney was asked by melissa josh's mom to tell everyone that the father was abusive and she believed that this whole thing was a fear response by her son the lawyer asked steve the dad, if he should include this in the evidence, and he said no. Well, yeah, he doesn't doesn't want everyone to know he beats his kid. Isn't that weird? And then he was like, oh, okay. Isn't that insane? Wait, so they didn't even bring that up in court? No. Okay. Isn't that why? He's like, oh, hey, your wife says that you, like, beat him. Like, should we talk about that? Yeah. He's like, no, don't talk about that, right? So that's super weird. The trial only lasted two days, which is super short for a murder trial, And the jury convicted Josh Phillips of first-degree murder in under two hours, which is also extremely short. Yeah. 
Luckily, though, he wasn't eligible for the death penalty because he was under 16. So thanks, Florida. Oh, this was in Florida, too. You won't murder someone under 16. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. But if you're 17, you're good, right? Josh Phillips is currently serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole. Apparently, though, he is thriving in prison. He has a certificate as a paralegal, and he helps other inmates with their appeals. He plays guitar in a Christian rock band. Okay. And he leads a yoga class. So, like, he's so cool guy Josh. Whatever. In December of 2004, his mom, Melissa, began to seek a new trial for her son, stating that his age at the time of the murder should have carried more weight in his sentence. Yeah. he is a child. Yeah. In November of 2005, the Supreme Court of Florida set a hearing for the following month to discuss whether he should receive a new trial, to which his own lawyer said he regretted not offering Phillips a second-degree murder plea. Okay, so his lawyer just sucks. So bad. He said it would have given the judge more discretion in sentencing, and he's voiced his support for eventual clemency and parole. For Josh Phillips. So like, they were just like, oh, the only thing we want to charge you with is first degree murder. And the lawyer, his lawyer was like, okay, sure. Sounds good to me. <laughs> he didn't even try to do anything else. Like, is this his first day as a lawyer? What is this? <laughs> Sounds like it. Right? Also, like, a little late. He's like, oh, yeah, you know what? We should actually release him. Like, that would be nice. Where did you go to lawyer school, sir? No, nowhere. You study bird law? Mm. In 2012, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that sentencing juveniles to mandatory life in prison without parole is unconstitutional. Yeah. Yeah. It should be. So in 2015, Josh's attorney, a new attorney, (laughs) (laughs) filed a resentencing hearing. His new hearing was granted, but the Florida court resentenced him to life in prison in 2017. (sighs) During the appeal, the prosecution acknowledged that Phillips had been a model prisoner and he showed remorse and maturity. And he's eligible for resentencing this year, but apparently he's not very hopeful. Okay, so he's basically doing all of the right things and they're just like, nah. I mean, he's in Florida. I know, but like, yeah. He's a model prisoner. He was 14 when he was convicted. He was 14. He's only 39 right now. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, so that's our first body under a mattress. That, that was sad. It was super sad. That's why I wanted to get it out of the way, because this next one's kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> These are fun dead bodies under mattress stories. <laughs> if no one way. of them's got to be fun, right? I mean, yeah, we need some. In our flair. lives. We yeah. need some flair. A little flair. So first, I did what any reasonable researcher would do, and I went on Snopes.com. Because who knows more about internet lore than Snopes.com? We have to fact check yourself, obviously. You got to fact check. On Snopes. On Snopes. (laughs) Everyone on the internet knows that. It's a clip show, man. I'm sorry. So the first instance I could find of this sort of thing was an urban legend in a book called The Baby Train by, I'm going to say Jan. I don't know if it's Jan or Jan, but Jan is more fun. (laughs) Jan. Jan Harold. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what if Harold is another no, last I like, name? I like Jan. Jan. You, you, can say, Jan? you can say Jan. I'll say, say tomato, Jan. tomato. Jan, Jan. Jan, Jan. So the book by Jan Harold Brunvand, or Jan, as <laughs> Jan Nicole Harold calls them. Brunvand. 
So in this book, they mention a couple checking into a Las Vegas hotel only to be hit with the smell of death when they walk through the door. Mm. They call the lobby and are told that everything is fine and there's no available rooms anyways. So like you can't leave. You can't leave. We don't have another room for you. You just have to stay there. Okay. But then they leave the next day and on the news, they see that a dead body was discovered in the hotel that they just stayed in in their room. Oh, that's fine and normal. This is like a legend though. Like this is not like. This is. This is fake? This is urban legend? Yeah, Jan made this one up. Okay. Jan, you mean? (laughs) It's like one of those, like, my friend's cousin said his uncle was in Las Vegas and this happened to him Okay, like if you eat Pop Rocks and drink Pepsi, like your stomach explodes? No, that's true. Oh, okay. It happened to my friend's cousin, uncle's aunt. Wow. Yeah, it happened. She's dead now. Shit. Isn't that crazy? So crazy. (laughs) But uh, I gotta tell you. This is real. This whole like bodies under mattresses thing, it's 100% real. There are so many instances of this. I did not put all of them that I found on the internet into this episode. Mm. Which how, is how wait, like ballpark it. How many instances? How many did I find? Did you find? I found like 20 something. What? Yeah. That's a shocking amount. A shocking amount of dead bodies <laughs> under mattresses. Is that fucked up? A little. Yeah. Actually a lot. So if you've ever stayed in a hotel, which I'm going to assume most people nope. listening to this. Never ne- in my life. Never, not even once? No. <laughs> yeah, of course. Only Airbnb for me. I'm a big camper, you know? Yeah, Just big- bring my tent everywhere I go. Yeah, it's so weird when you were camping outside in Michigan Paracon. Everyone's like, who is that? <laughs> why, why is this woman in a tent outside? <laughs> no bodies under this tent. <laughs> That's why I do it. That makes perfect sense. Nobody can put any bodies under my mattress. <laughs> in my sense. tent. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So as you all know, except for Nicole, because she's never stayed in mm. a hotel. Never. The beds sit on like this little platform thing that's like a solid little box. So like you or your belongings can't like roll under the bed and can't get lost under there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that also makes them like a perfect little coffin. <gasps> If you lift up the mattress, because you can't see under there. Oh, yeah. So it's like a perfect little hidey spot. <gasps> I know. Ew. So if you lift the mattress and the box spring up, there's like this little like four walled empty space, right? Which is perfect if like you want to hide a sock or mm. like a dead body or like whatever, right? In each of the stories I'm going to tell you, not only were their bodies discovered under these hotel beds, but it was the smell of decomposition that led to their discoveries. Ugh. Have you ever smelled a dead body? No. Me either. <laughs> Why would I have smelled a dead body? Apparently it's like a haunting smell. Like it's like you, like, the type of smell that never leaves your nostrils. Like you never forget what it smells like. Yeah, I, that, I could see that that would be a thing. Gross. Yeah. It's gross. All right, we're starting off here. On, this is in absolutely no order, so I want to apologize. I probably should have done it chronologically, but I simply did not. On July 5th of 2019, a 40-year-old woman named Juana Macias was reported missing by her family when she didn't come home after being gone for three days. On July 7th, her ex-boyfriend, Jamie Jerome Wingwood, who was also 40 years old at the time. Jamie Jerome is an actual name of a person in this world. Someone named a child Jamie Jerome. <laughs> Somebody named a child Jamie Jerome. Jamie Jerome right. Wingwood. I guess. It's almost as bad as some other names I've recently heard. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So he sends, so JGW sends a text message to his sister that says, I love you always. I'm fixing to be gone forever. I really fucked up this time. I'm leaving town right now. Okay. So she's like, what the fuck, Jamie Jerome? What are you doing? So she does the reasonable thing and she calls the police department. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm worried about my brother. I'm worried about his girlfriend. He said he fucked up. Yeah. And she's missing too. She knows that she's missing. I don't know if she knows. Yeah. I'm going to assume. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So she's like, I'm super worried. I don't know what's going on. Austin Police Department. This is my brother's car and license plate. Keep an eye out for him. I don't know what's going on. So the two of them, um, Juana and Jamie Jerome, they had a tumultuous on and off three-year relationship. And apparently the weekend before this, Juana's daughter had overheard her and her boyfriend fighting. He yelled something along the lines of, you don't have much longer to live. I will kill you. Oh, which is a very classic thing to say before you kill someone. (laughs) It's one of my favorite memes is like, it's like a news thing. And it's like, it's a quote from the victim. And it's like, what are you going to do? Stab me? And then it's like, (laughs) quote from victims from stab victim. That's perfect. (laughs) That's like the opposite end of this. I'm going to kill you. And then he does. Oh, so. Oh, yes. Spoiler. She is dead. On July 8th, Jamie Jerome Wingwood was driving from Austin, Texas, where he lived, to Jefferson County, which is around four hours away for all of our geography buffs Mm. out there. He was driving very recklessly and extremely fast. So naturally, the cops pulled him over, right? Like, you're driving 100 miles per hour. Why do people do that after they've committed a crime? I don't know. Like, I have this fresh dead body in my backseat, but I'm going to do 50 over the speed limit. Pull your seatbelt on, drive the speed limit, wave at a cop when you pass. Don't text. Whistle. I don't know. Be inconspicuous. (laughs) So he's driving like 900, he's driving a Scientist 100 miles per hour. No. (laughs) So the cop tries to pull him over, but instead of him pulling over to the side of the road, he's like, it's on. And he okay. drives faster away okay, from so them. so he's just rogue at this point. He's not thinking straight. Reckless. <laughs> this resulted in a police chase that would end in the next state over. Okay, so he's crossing state lines, which is also not great. He's making really bad choices. <laughs> so he drives like 50 miles like for like an hour. So he's going so, so fast. But, and also, like, this isn't, like, a short distance to be in a police chase. He's going 50 miles with cops chasing him. <laughs> like, this is making OJ look like a regular Sunday morning. <laughs> like, ridiculous attitude here. it's oh, funny. During the chase, police ran his license plates and vehicle to find that his own sister had called in a potential murder oh, yeah. just the day before. Yeah. So they're like, okay. Like, we know. We, we, we know what's happening here. <laughs> got to run out of gas sometime. He was arrested after he crashed his Scion TC oh. driving 100 miles per hour, <laughs> which ended the chase. Wow. He was arrested for reckless driving and endangerment, and he was brought to a Louisiana jail. While in the jail, he called over a police officer, and he's like, hey, we need to talk. We should talk. So he was taken to a room for an interview, and he allegedly whispered to them, said whispered for some reason, <laughs> my girlfriend... That's not a whisper. My girlfriend. There we go. Is dead. 
look under the mattress in the box. They're like, can you speak up? The air conditioning's on, and it's like in my ear right now. Like, <coughs> oh, I, can't, oh, I can't hear. What did you say? Sorry, sorry. Jack in the box. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's a little better. But yeah. I said I didn't say anything. You put me back. We're good. <laughs> oh, okay. Chill. Yeah, we're good. So he whispered this to the police. And Texas was like, yeah, we're going to need that man back in our state to, like, deliver some Western justice. Okay. So he's extradited back to Texas. Um, and he he's in police custody because he just also con- confessed to a murder, even though he whispered it like it was a little secret. <laughs> they still have to take that seriously. Yeah. And they find Lana's body at the Railway Inn and Suites located at 1601 West U.S. 290 in Austin. When the police go into the hotel room on July 9th, the smell was awful. Like, they immediately knew this is a dead body. I mean, you're in Austin, Texas. Yeah. In July. Not a good place to be a dead body. Well, hopefully the air conditioning's on. Maybe. I feel like the maid service was probably like, yeah, no, it stinks in here. There's probably a body under there, but I don't get paid enough for this shit. So I'm nope. just going to change the se- the sheets and be on my way. I don't blame them. I don't blame them either. No. Minimum wage employees are not under any no. sort of like expectation to divulge information on dead bodies. No. Period. So the cops pull the mattress and the box spring off the bed and they find Juana's body wrapped in a fitted bed sheet. Inside the frame, she had very obvious head and face trauma, which is what killed her. Mm. Jamie is charged with aggravated assault and tampering with a corpse, which I didn't know was something you could be charged with. I've heard it before, but I don't know, like, the specifics of it. I don't know. So just when you, like, do something weird to a body after it's dead? Maybe if you do, like, anything. Like, if you try to conceal it or, like, it probably ranges from, like, anything. Yeah, totally. Right? The court documents described the scene as, quote, under the box spring and mattress was a void created by the frame of the box and is where the victim was located. The hotel staff confirmed that no one had stayed in the room since Jamie had checked out. So luckily, no one slept on that bed. Mm. Unfortunately, for our next our next guest in our next story, they weren't so lucky. Ugh. This is a very, very recent story. In May of this year, 2023, at the, I'm going to try to say this word, stick with me here, at the Laz Gujang Shuhua Inn? Yeah? Sure. Okay, nailing it. In Tibet, this is a hotel in Tibet, they made the news for, you guessed it, having a human body, a dead human body under a bed. Mm. I did put a picture of the hotel lobby here for you, Nicole, yeah. to see. Stunning. That it is gorgeous. Let me describe it for the people listening. It yes, is, so. there's plants everywhere. Everywhere. There's like hanging plants. It looks like the stairs are made of gold. There's like no there's, hand railings. Yeah, there's like lanterns. It's a gorgeous, it's gorgeous a hotel. Stunning. Stunning. Also a dead body under a mattress here, <sighs> so keep that in mind too. A man called only Mr. Zhang checked into the hotel on April 20th, and he was immediately hit with a grotesque smell upon opening his hotel room door. Mm. The staff assured him that this was probably nothing and it would clear up in like an hour or so, but it didn't. 
he like went out to like get dinner and then he came back and it's like it still smells fucking terrible in here. Wait, so he called the hotel staff and they were like, just give it a couple hours. The smell will go away. Yeah, like this happens. This happens all the time. <laughs> what? Okay? Like it's going to be fine. What kind of how is that an answer to that? Like it smells. Just wait till it goes away. This is a reoccurring theme and so like many Like maybe of these somebody stories. came into your room and farted and left really quickly. Yeah. Just wait for it to dissipate. Oh, did you not get the crop dust <laughs> special? Because you do usually have to charge extra for that one. So well, we'll so give you that gross. one on the house this time. This I'd time. be like, no, I'm not. What? Yeah. Well, yeah, you give some Febreze down there at least. <laughs> well, he didn't want to be rude. So he was like, okay, fine. You say it'll go away. It'll go away. He goes to dinner, comes back, still smells like ass. <laughs> he apparently wandered around his room for hours trying to track down where the smell oh, was coming God. from. But he didn't find anything. Because oh, he didn't look at the right the right place? No. Who looks under the bed, dude? Well, now I'm going to. Every time, right? I'm, Dude, I'm going to Dallas next week for work, and I'm oh. staying in a hotel room, so you bet your ass. Can you take a picture of... I'm checking underneath that mattress. Take a picture when you do I will. Do it on Instagram video. I will. So we can I'll see. I'll take a, show a tour of my hotel room and be like, and here... This is where we keep What if there is a dead body? <laughs> That's why I want you to do that it. That would be insane. That would be I fucking, really hope there I mean, isn't. Knock on wood, I hope there's right. not. Because if you tell someone, they're going to be like, no, they have, it's fine. It's just, you know what? The you smell didn't want will that? go away. It's, it, we gave you the Halloween experience. <laughs> the graveyard Gross. experience. All right, yeah, I'll I'll keep you guys posted. Okay. <laughs> so this guy's like wandering around his hotel room and he can't find anything. But he thinks, they say it's normal, I'll let it go. The hotel had a bakery on the first floor and he thought maybe like there was just something funky baking down there, mm. maybe something weird. Okay, I don't know, yeah. fish or something strange. Yeah, because I mean, if your hotel room smells, your first thought isn't, oh, there's a dead body under my mattress. Absolutely I mean, not. Now it might be. Now it is for me. <laughs> Before this episode, no, no, that's not my first thought. No, for sure. So he he's like, maybe maybe that's what it is. They're like baking something weird, and then he goes, maybe it's just my feet. Maybe I just have really stinky feet from traveling, which is absolutely a man thing to also think. I mean, I if I smelled something, the first thing I would be like, be like, is that is that me? Yeah, you like the armpit check, right? Yeah, for sure. After two days in this hotel room. Oh my gosh, he lasted he, two days? He could not take the smell any longer. He went to the front desk and he asked very kindly for a new room. He said, the smell is the reason that I want to move rooms. He apologized. He's like, I'm sorry to like put you guys out, but like, can you please give me a new room? Mm -hmm. They're like, sure, absolutely. Like, You can't handle the smell, whatever, loser. <laughs> so they put him in a new room and the staff goes in there to be like, how bad can it possibly yeah. smell? Like, your shit's weak. And they find the source of the smell <sighs> almost immediately when they walk in. Mr. Zhang is then called back to his original room. And outside, there is a group of police officers. And they're like, we need to talk to you. Mm, yeah. He said, I asked them what happened. And they told me someone had died. So I asked them, where did the person die? <laughs> And they said, under the bed. Oh. Yeah. So he had slept. <gasps> I didn't even think about that. Sleeping on top of a dead body. He had slept less than two feet away from a dead body for two nights. <gasps> right on top of it, dude. Oh, man. Right on top. Oh, God. The police opened a murder investigation, but he wasn't a suspect because the body had been 
This is so fucking gross. The body was so badly decomposed that they could tell it had been almost a week that it had been underneath that bed. Oh, no. Also, he didn't check in. Like, it just, like the timeline didn't add up. He'd right. only been there two days. And also, he was like, there's a smell in my... Like, why would he tell on it? You're not going to out yourself? No. For sure. He, like, would leave if he killed a bo- somebody and left a body. And there. drive 100 miles per hour to Louisiana <laughs> in a 50-mile car chase <laughs> and then whisper to the police what he did. Hey. Hey, guess what? Hey, cops. Guess what I did? Cops. <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> So he's like, oh, cool. I was sleeping on top of a dead person. The police opened a murder investigation, but he wasn't a suspect, like I said, because he checked in way after the body had been put there. Mm -hmm. But a manhunt ensued, and a man was arrested on a train about 1,300 miles away from the hotel. So, like, he murdered this person, like, hopped on a train and scooted out. They found him, like, almost immediately. Did they find him because he was the one who checked in? Yeah. He checked in and there was like CCTV video of him like leaving the hotel. That's like. And they're like, where did he stay? Oh, this room with the dead body. Right. Okay. It was him. (laughs) Like, What was the other episode we were just talking about where we were like, they're going to know it's you? What What was the thing that we just talked about? We were just talking about people faking cancer and not dying. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was on our script. (laughs) Like. When you say that you're like you're gonna die, like I have cancer and I'm gonna die, and then you don't die, like people are gonna figure that out. If you kill someone in your hotel room that you check into, yeah, and you leave the body there, cops are gonna find out, man. Yes, that is an insane person <laughs> like, thing to what? do. Like, don't do that. You're not even trying to hide it at this point. Also, on that note, um, we did get a fan mail that I just—it's super, super short. Like, it's like literally one sentence. So. One of our listeners, Jackie, shout out to her. She said that she was reminded of this fake cancer story from another podcast she listens to called Scamanda uh-huh. about a lady who faked cancer also. Oh so I downloaded it. I'm going to listen. I love a fake cancer story. It's so fucking weird. Was that one of the options for this episode or? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. It wasn't. I'll never tell. Mm. Mr. Jang says that he has had ever since he has had trouble sleeping and he has night terrors all of the time yeah i would he says quote i stay up until 2 or 3 a.m every single morning and the slightest movement wakes me up it left me in a very bad mental state which is pretty fucking safe to say that anyone would have ptsd after sleeping on top of a rotting corpse for days yeah I mean, one time my bed broke when I was sleeping, and sometimes I have <laughs> nightmares that my bed breaks again. Really? Yes. It's <laughs> like, like it's like a weird. It's like your bed is like your safe space. It you is. know, it's your nest. Well, if there's a dead body under it, that's not safe. No, that's not cool. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to sleep again. Sleep in a hotel again? That's for sure. I mean, it's a good thing I don't and never have, or yeah, never will, <laughs> never will. <laughs> no. I wasn't able to find any details about the murder or the victim, but Mr. Shang said that he does not like to talk about it at all and that he's very, very mad that this is how he got his 15 minutes of fame (laughs) for sleeping on top of a corpse and he just wants to be left alone. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him for that one. Yeah, it's kind of kind of lame, right? Okay, on July 10th, I'm just going to go. We're just going through stories here now. Okay, that's why I'm calling the clip show. It's the clip show. 
We should have like a clip show. Do a sound that plays in between each clip, please. That's really good. Can you do that every time? I'll just take me saying that and uh-huh. I'll just copy it and put it in between each of your Okay. What's what's episode. the song again? It's like That was a really good symbol at the end. Thank you. I really like that. It was really yeah. nice. It's like you're having a jam sesh, you know? <laughs> My favorite thing about drumming is when you just constantly hit the symbol and you call it drumming. Like why have a symbol if you're not going to hit it all of the time? Right. Like maybe you're jamming with your friends and like you know it's what life's about (laughs) it's like everyone needs some more love everyone you know we meet we might leave this mortal coil but our love forever persists (laughs) i think aristotle said that i think it was leonardo da vinci dicaprio leonardo da vinci dicaprio yeah yeah that was i think it Mm -hmm. was him actually he was a great great said that in catch me if you can right it was a quote from that movie Ah, I think it was Titanic, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, right before he freezes to death, he says that. Yeah. It's like his last line. That's the movie just goes black after that. Like, and that's the end of the movie. He says it after he says, like, I'll never let go. Yeah. You know what's so crazy? That one scene where James Cameron falls in the water. (laughs) I can't believe he did that. When he hits the propeller. Like, he did his own stunt with that, too. It's like, you're the director. Why are you even doing a stunt? Crazy. He loved it. Anyways, back on topic here. On July 10th of 2003. <laughs> so spiral. Everyone's like, what the fuck was that? This is. <laughs> We're going to call this an unscripted light, okay? Uh, yeah. Half of this episode is scripted. <laughs> so a man checked into the Capri Motel in downtown Kansas City on July 10th, 2003. Just an hour after checking in, he complained of a foul odor to management. They told him there is nothing they could do about it. Sorry, sir. We have no other rooms and there's nothing we can do about the smell. Enjoy your stay at the Capri Motel. Okay. There's nothing you can do. That's what they said. Feels like they're not trying hard enough. Not even a little bit, right? Like your room smells. That sucks. (laughs) That's basically their answer. So he spends three nights at this motel before moving to a new motel because he could not handle the smell. Mm. When... When the staff go to his room to clean it on July 13th, they also notice a smell. They're like, wow, it really smells in here. That guy wasn't lying. <laughs> and then they're like, that sucks. And then they leave. <laughs> they notice that the smell is coming from the bed. So they lift the mattress up and they find a man's body oh, in an advanced stage of decomposition. How long was it there? I do not know. I wasn't able to find any information on the name of the victim, mm. and it seems like they were never identified. Hmm. Maybe it was like a a runaway or a homeless person. I don't know. Maybe they were super decomposed. Are they? Oh, they just couldn't even tell. I have no idea. Ugh. When I was looking up this ho- this motel, um, there was an article from like two years ago, weirdly, about this story because the motel closed because like no one had, was going there. Because of this? I don't know why. They just mentioned it. That's probably like, why. Hotel for dead body under bed fame closes. <laughs> Famous for having a, a body under its bed. Yeah. In June of 1999, a German couple... Remember that because German couples are weirdly all over this story. Like okay. all over all of these stories. They just have the worst luck. They fucking do. <laughs> this is the first vacation I've ever been on. 
it's their first time in America and then they get slammed with their shit. Like I feel I feel for you guys. Land of the free, my asshole. <laughs> so in June of nineteen ninety-nine, a German couple checked into the Burgundy Motel Inn in Queens, New York. They did not want to be rude, so they simply ignored the smell permeating from room 112 where they were staying. And they were just like, we'll just sleep. We will just sleep tonight here. We won't be rude. Maybe this is what American hotels smell like. <laughs> Honestly, I was just going to make that point. Like, maybe they were just like, America smells like shit, man. <laughs> yeah, right. So they slept there one night and then they're like, well, we'll just find like a new, we'll, we'll sort this out in the morning. Yeah. So the next morning they go to the front desk because they're feeling like physically ill from this smell in their <sighs> room. They're like, the smell in our room is so terrible that I couldn't even keep down my Wiener schnitzels this morning for breakfast. And I vomited some up all over. <laughs> and the hotel staff was like, okay, well we can give you a new room. We're sorry about that. Like have a good day, whatever. That same day, when the staff goes in to clean the room, they're like, oh, yeah, it does smell like shit in here. Uh, That smells like a dead body. So they call the police. The police come in. They find body of 64-year-old Saul Hernandez of Queens, New York, who was found brutally stabbed to death under the box spring that the German couple slept on just a few hours before. Yeah, gross. Saul Hernandez checked in earlier that week and he refused to check out when housekeeping came to clean his room he's like i have two more hours here and they're like okay whatever we literally don't care so they like left once him again alone. we don't get paid enough for this shit <laughs> yeah so they're just like whatever he's doing what he's doing i don't give a shit yeah and he was never seen again until his body was found apparently there were no signs of forced entry and the staff assumed that this man had just left without checking out because they went in, like, knocked on the door. Yeah. He wasn't in there. The door wasn't broken well, yeah, down. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people do that. Like, they'll, they'll just, like, leave the keys and, like, just, like, you know, never go to the front desk or yeah. just, like, leave. Right? That's normal. Yeah, I've done it before. I thought you've never stayed in the hotel. I mean, I've dreamt one time that I did it. Oh, you gotta get your story <laughs> straight, bud. I had a dream once that I stayed in a hotel and I didn't check out. I just left. I believe you. Yeah, definitely believe it's like that just a dream. Yeah, definitely. So they assumed that this man also did that in real life like you did in your dream. Yeah, my dream that I definitely had. He had died of multiple stab wounds to the chest and abdomen. No one was ever arrested for his murder. Wow. They're just like, this guy's dead. Moving right along. They didn't like check. I mean, they did like an investigation. They No one was ever found. Wow. So I don't know. It was a ghost. Maybe. That's why nobody stays at the hotel. That's it's why haunted. no one stays at, where is this place called? The uh, Burgundy Motor Inn in Queens, New York. <laughs> that's why no one stays there. Yeah, that's why. In Florida in 1994, two bodies were found at two different Florida hotels in the same year. That's so Florida. It's very Florida. One in March of that year was the body of 24-year-old Josefina Martinez, who was found underneath the bed at the Traveler's Hotel near Miami International Airport by another German couple who complained (sighs) of the smell. Yeah, actually, it's the same German couple (laughs) from the same (laughs) place. They're like, we can't catch a break, man. This is the second first vacation I've ever been on. (laughs) 
Oh. So yeah, another German couple complained about the smell, and the staff was like, get the body stick. And they like lifted the mattress up and they're like, This is a dead body. Oh, okay. Can it's Hongi's time. Are we can we just refrain for like 30 more minutes? No, it's Hongi's time. Is that a thing we can do? No, okay. Okay. In August of that same year in Fort Lauderdale at a hotel that I could not find the name of. The body of 47-year-old Brian Gregory was found by, coincidentally, another set of German you tourists. You the same set of German tourists. This is the third first vacation we have ever been on. There's a really bad luck. <laughs> oh, no, not again. <laughs> so they also complain about the smell. But the fucked up thing is that the staff noted that there was a smell coming from that room for an entire week. And then the couple checked in and they're like, it smells really bad in our room. And they're like, all right, we'll call the police finally. Like they were very much, they were very much like, I do not have time for this. So this one I think is the grossest one. Yay. In Virginia in 1989, a man called Jerry Lee Dunbar or JLD. Is that what we'll call him? JLD. He killed two women, 27-year-old Deirdre Smith in May of that year and 29-year-old Marilyn Graham in June of that year. Deirdre Smith's body was found under a bed in a shitty little motel along a highway in Virginia. Marilyn Graham's body was found under a bed also at the Alexandria Econo Lodge, also in Virginia. Very close. Very close to this other one. The part that grosses me out is that Deirdre Smith was under the bed that JLD was sleeping on uh-huh. for four weeks. What? He, he stayed there for four weeks? He killed her, put her under the bed. Oh, my God. And then he just stayed there for four weeks. Oh. Okay. When he left, the staff went in to clean, and they're like, there's a fucking body in here. Right. It's been four weeks. Yeah. So they call the police. They start searching for him, and they find him. But they don't find him fast enough for him to not kill again. So he kills Deirdre Deirdre in May, and then he flees the scene, and then almost immediately kills Marilyn Graham. And finally, my favorite of all of the stories, if I'm going to have a, a favorite corpse under mattress story, Takes place in 1982, where three dudes were just being dudes. That's what they did. We have Richard Kuklinski, Daniel Deppner, and Gary Smith. And they're buddies. And they're traveling around New Jersey. Like, just, again, just doing dude hobbies, they're right? They're dudes dudin'. Absolutely. Just dudin' out. That's what they dude. Dudes are gonna dude. They're gonna dude. Okay? They're gonna dude. They're committing petty crimes. They're stealing cars. They're pulling like little scams on people. Just like 1980s dude hobbies. Just duding out. Just doing what they do, right? <laughs> doing what they dude. <laughs> oh. I wish I had a symbol right now. No, that first one was correct. Yeah. Bummer. So Richard Kuklinski and Daniel Duffner decide, hey, we should kill Gary, right? <laughs> As as dudes do. That's what dudes do sometimes. That's what they do. Probably like sick of like, I don't know, splitting the money with him or like, yeah. maybe just looked at him wrong. 
He like forgot deodorant and he just stunk really bad. Gary, not again. So they decide to kill Gary Smith for an unknown reason. They put cyanide in his hamburger. Oh, just had that on hand. Right. And then old Dick Kuklinski decides that Gary is simply taking too long to die. He's like writhing on the ground, dying of cyanide poisoning. So he decides he's going to strangle him. Just, you know, speed it up a little, right? So he kills him. And then they do what dudes do. And they hid his body under the bed in their own hotel room. They left it there for a few days before they left. They just skipped, skipped town, just left. Wow. Yeah. The room, though, was rented out for four days (gasps) by four separate guests after the criminals left. All complaining of the smell, I presume. Yep. Only after the final guest left was the body discovered. Mm. So four people slept on top of a body. Do you think that they called those people afterwards or they were just like, I would not want to know. Would you want to know? Yeah, I would. That you slept on top of a body? Yeah, it's kind of metal. I feel like if I complained about the smell, I would like to know what it was. Yeah. Otherwise, I would not like to know. I don't know. Like, is there a that's like, is there a law that says there's no way there's a law to tell someone and if if they've been in a hotel that they've Uh, slept on top of a dead body? Yes. Article 2.5 of the hotel handbook (laughs) states if a guest sleeps atop a body for more than 12 hours, you you must must notify. (laughs) They're entitled to a 10% discount on their next stay. Wow. 10%. That's shockingly a large amount. For a hotel, yeah, for yeah. sure. So one little fun fact that I just wanted to share with the class here mm-hmm. is that you are more likely to find a human corpse under your hotel slash motel mattress than you are to find a human corpse what? in a dumpster. Seriously? Yep. That's an actual real statistic. That is a real statistic. I do not have the numbers, but you are more likely to find one under your mattress at a hotel than you are in a dumpster. Did you know that yeah. 80% of all statistics are made up. Did you know that 40% of the words you just said made no sense? Yeah. Do they? (laughs) Jade thinks that they do. We have two co-hosts today. (laughs) There's, there's tons and tons of other stories of similar events. Um, If you guys just Google like human bodies being found under mattresses, you will find so many. If you want to, if you feel nasty, you want to look it up, go for it. These were the ones that I thought were the most fun, if you will. And also, I hope that you all choose to check under your mattress next time you check into a hotel. Just in case. Well, I know I will. If you ever stay in one for the first time. For the first time in my life. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, for real. Sunday, I will check. I will let you guys know. Put it on Instagram. I will. Thank you. I'll give you a little tour. I stayed there last time. It's a pretty nice hotel. For one with bodies under it. Nice enough to not have a body under the bed? I don't know. Let the bodies hit the bed. (laughs) Bodies under the mattresses. All right. And I'm going to call out if anyone works at a hotel oh, or yeah. worked at a hotel <gasps> if you have any like weird creepy stories let us know we're actually we're not doing listener mails at the end of episodes anymore no i feel like they, we were just talking like maybe they derail them a little we're just yeah. gonna we're gonna do them in the unscripted in the unscripted and then if we get enough of them maybe we'll do like a whole episode yeah. you know so yeah if you've 
uh, I don't know. If you work at a hotel, I assume you've probably seen some shit. Yeah. Like you definitely have weird stories. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's a lot of people in and out all the time. So yeah, let us know. Hit us up. Uh, you can write to us at quite unusual pod at gmail.com or you can hit us up on the social medias, but honestly those get a little congested. So I would stray away from that. You could also go to our website, quiteunusualpod.com, and submit a fan mail there, too. As long as you promise to not ask us the price. Don't ask us what our price is, because we don't even know. One million dollars. My favorite is that now, like, whoever's doing it is going, Aloha, what's your price? (laughs) Just because you're saying hi in a different way doesn't mean I'm going to answer you. It also means goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye, what's your price? (laughs) That's menacing. (laughs) That's dark. (laughs) Goodbye. We, we don't know if they're threatening us or saying hello. <laughs> we'll never know. We'll never know. Also, if you would like to join our Patreon, it's pretty fun over there. You get a lot of behind the scenes content. We're mm. doing some clubs now. We're doing like whatever, like just vibing out. Just, just yeah, search it. Quite unusual pod. We're on Patreon. Uh, join our little coven, please. Yeah, join us. Also, we have a new patron, a few new patrons to welcome this mm. week. Yes. Allie and Rob. Welcome. Welcome. And their child, Roblin the Goblin. Roblin the Goblin, who we had the pleasure of meeting. We're big fans. Big fans big, of his Big, big fans. For sure. Uh, 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 and as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye. Bye. And this is the part of the show, my favorite part of the show, mm. where we give praise to the all-knowing cult leaders, supporters of the podcast, coven members, and all-around benevolent being. This week, we have consulted our crystal ball, mm. and we've seen into your past. We have. We know who you were mm. in a past life, who you're reincarnated mm. from, but do you? Do you? Well, you're about to find out whether you like it or not. Tim M, the reincarnation of Caesar. Ooh. Not the emperor, but Ew. the guy that invented those $5 pizzas. Oh, delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Hot and ready. That's just how I like it. Evan K, in a past life, Evan was an orange cat named Francis. Francis lived on a whaling ship until the mermaid took him as a pet to live under the sea. Rip to a real one. Cats can't breathe underwater. Mm, that's unfortunate, Francis. Yeah, goodbye, Francis. KTT was an original member of the Roanoke Colony. She let us know that they were actually just sick of cold, the cold and went down to Florida instead. Adam Kay was incredibly reincarnated from both Cleopatra and Marilyn Monroe. Wow. Wow, I've never heard that before. That's so weird. Me either. No one's ever done that no before. One has no one ever, has ever, ever done that. been both of those people before. John S. is the reincarnation of Willy Wonka. What? Yeah. The guy from the books. No way. Turns out he was real and he sold poison candy to children. Not great, but... John is really nice, so... Oh, John would never do that. No, no, never. No, we can't all be Cleopatra. Mm. Caitlin R., who was... Oh. Also reincarnated from both Cleopatra and Marilyn Monroe. Hmm. Wow, that's... What are the chances? They gotta be slim, right? Yes. Uh, surely, there's no one else. 
Alexi. In a past life, Alex was... Wait. Oh, I... Am I seeing this right? Just a pile of Twizzlers. What? Like a sentient pack of Twizzlers. Delightful and delicious. Delicious. Slay. Jeff S., believe it or not, Jeff was one, Jeff was none other than Jesus Christ <gasps> in a past life. Not the one you're thinking of. This one was a vacuum salesman from Poughkeepsie, but as oh. it was Jesus Christ. I mean, still slay. People need vacuums. Mm. Lenore M., you'd never know it by her inability to grow a beard, but... Lenore is a reincarnation of Rasputin. Rasputin. Rasputin, rah, rah. It's obvious when you think of the BDE. Oh, I can see it now. Lover of the Russian queen. Lenore. Justin W. was an alien in a past life. Rumor has it in their alien form. They had a little meet and greet with Buzz Aldrin on the moon, if you know what I mean. You know, get your moon rocks off. Molly M. Molly was the almighty and powerful lord, Paul de la Sandwich of Sandwich Invention fame. Thank you for your past service, my lord. Amazing. Delicious. Steve S. is the reincarnation of both, both of the Wright brothers. Somehow their souls got combined into one and put into Steve. Incredible. Also, he was Cleopatra right before that. Oh, wow. It's, I've never heard that before. It's just what the ball says. I don't know. know. It's what it says. It's, it might be off a little bit, I don't you know. know. We should shake it next time. Should we? Mm. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We are nothing. We're not worthy of the sparkle that life has to offer. We're not worthy of knowing that you may or may not, but probably likely were Cleopatra and Marilyn Monroe in a past life. We're not worthy of even being stuffed under a mattress after we die. Well, I think I might be worthy of that. Oh, no, you definitely are. I'm scum of the earth. Hmm. Well, I mean, scum of the mattress. <laughs> you. 